When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The Goo Goo Dolls rock Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland this Friday night. I spoke with bass player Robbie Takak about the band's biggest hits, including Name, Iris, Slide, Black Balloon, and Broadway. Robbie Takak, hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. It's great to be here with you. Obviously, the bassist and one of the vocalists of Goo Goo Dolls coming to Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland on August 4th. So everybody get your tickets now. All right. So what can we expect from the show? Is it uh, do you guys always sprinkle in the greatest hits or is it mostly stuff from Chaos and Bloom, the, the new album from last year or a little of both? Well, there's, uh, you know, the, the, there's about 12, 13 songs that uh, uh, we would probably get murdered if we didn't play. Uh, be, be, before we left, it would be out back with pitchforks. No, uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, we do our best. You know, I mean, um, you know, music's a powerful thing, man. You know, it's like your sense of smell or your sense of touch. You like, like, like it makes things react. You know, in 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 your mind, and and a lot of these songs that we've been playing for people for for all these years take up a really special part of 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 people's psyche so we try to play those songs you know um you know you think it would get easier and easier when you get 14 records out to put a set list together it, it gets harder it, it every record we put out because all of a sudden there's more songs and and you still have to fit them in the same amount of time so you know First yeah. world problems, but it is a problem. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. But yeah, the more albums you add, you're like, well, how, how the heck am I going to choose? What, what do yeah. I cut? And like you're saying, there's so many, you can't cut the super beloved ones because they're soundtracks of all of our lives. Uh, so yeah, well, we can get into some of those in a second. But real quick, before any of that, I always like to set the stage of, you know, where you grew up. I know you were born in, in Buffalo in the 60s. Uh, were you, was that, was were you, I guess so then you would have been like, what, like, in your late twenties, early thirties with those, uh, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Super Bowl four losses in a row for the bills. <laughs> I hate to bring it up, but you know, PTS, they got PTSD from that stuff, man. Well, I'm a watch. We're a Washington <laughs> fan. You know, we, you know, that, that Super Bowl was one of our better teams, uh, but Hey, that's even 30 years ago now. So we have trauma now too, after Dan Snyder, but anyway, were, were you all bills fans? Yeah, you know, man, I think if you're in Buffalo and you're not a Bills fan, there's a good chance they might send folks over to burn your house down. So, <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, you know, we've always participated. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry to bring up the four straight Super Bowl losses. But Josh Allen now, I think you're on the right track now. You guys got us. Yeah, 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 yeah. They seem to want to, uh, yeah, yeah, they seem to want to crown him now. So let's hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully he'll do the right things for all the folks back home. They, uh, they awesome. uh, are really putting a lot of faith in him. 
Absolutely. Well, we're not here to talk football. Well, let's get back to the music. How did you, so I bring that up because I guess all of you, you know, you, uh, you know, frontman Johnny Resnick, drummer George Tatuska, uh, you're all from Buffalo. So how, how did, did you all meet actually and form there in Buffalo? Uh, John and I, uh, yeah, he was in a band with my cousin when we were kids and like the early eighties. And, uh, uh, I had filled in with their band a few times and, uh, we just felt a kinship and, uh, moved into a house and started driving around the country in a van in 86, released our first record in 87 and, uh, yeah, and sold 9,000 copies and <laughs> thought we thought, thought we were killing it, recorded another one, sold 30,000 copies, thought we were killing it more. <laughs> and, uh, there's just been a lot of little victories until, you know, uh, in 95, you know, we had name and, uh, you know, everything kind of changed at that point. Yeah. And when you throw out 1986 as the founding of the band, it's true. Like a lot, a lot of people might remember you as, you know, starting in like the early nineties or something, but no, you guys go all the way back, back to the eighties. I think there was even like three or four albums, four albums, uh, uh, before, um, a boy named goo. And mm -hmm. you were like the lead singer on most of all of that stuff too. So go back and check, invite us to check back the earlier stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a, that, that's a bunch of, uh, yeah, you know, a bunch of you know we we grew out of the kind of post-punk new york city kind of scene we would play with bands like murphy's law and dri and motorhead and uh you know a band a gangrene you know like yeah. punk rock bands like that back in the time and uh i think that that's what sort of separates this group a little bit from a lot of the bands that were kind of doing you know similar things to what we were doing back in the 90s you know was that you know we were born of a band that drove around in a van for a really long time playing really dirty clubs you know there's, glor there's you know? glory days of the 80s a lot of bands yeah. don't have that in their track record so when it comes time yeah. for those whatever rock hall and i'm sure you don't care but that will actually lend a little rock hall cred you guys have been at it for a lot longer than some of those other 90s bands but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens with that. Whole we'll thing. see. I'm just speaking, <laughs> speaking it into existence. But yeah, you meant you mentioned uh, name, of course, blew up off of um, that that fifth album, A Boy Named Goo in 95. Long Way Down was also a pretty big hit off of that. But t tell me about name, you know, memories of recording it. Like which one of you guys wrote it? You know, just were you it, were you amazed to see it blow up like it did? Yeah, John wrote name and, and uh, you, you know, in his apartment in Buffalo and we recorded the initial demo it in a teeny little room and in, in a studio that I actually still own in Buffalo. Really? Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, we recorded it up in Toronto, um, outside of Toronto in a place called Mississauga. Um, you remember the band triumph? It's like an old metal band from the, from, from the eighties. We recorded in their studio up there in Canada and, uh, with a producer, Lou Giordano, who had worked with Sugar and Bob Mould and the Smithereens and some bands like that. And uh, yeah, and um, yeah, we cut the tracks and uh, that song came out and it was very, very different from uh, what we were doing mostly. Like, you know, we had always done a little bit of that kind of thing, but that song was very, very different. And uh, it, it got to be a hit and uh, it was on a lot of radio stations, a lot of different kinds of radio stations, you know, not necessarily, you know, rock stations, but all sorts of stations. 
So we would come in, we would play events for like these uh, light rock stations and such. And uh, we'd come out and you know, we'd always play Name Last, you know, because it was the only song people knew. Yeah. So Make them wait the first, for it, baby. <laughs> yeah. So the first 40 minutes of the set were us pasting people against the back walls of the room because <laughs> they didn't know what kind of band they were coming to see. You know, they, yeah. the only song they knew was Name. So, right. th- so there was a bit of an identity crisis through that whole thing. But yeah. I think once uh, people sort of knew that song and got to kind of figure out what the band was a little bit, you know, when it came time for Iris to hit, you know, it was yeah. a, you know, it was a good bridge for us into, into, into having a real career. Absolutely. And you perfect, perfect transition. You're a pro. You segued it for me because uh, mm-hmm. Iris is next and you said a bridge and that has an amazing bridge. Anyway, so that's off of Dizzy Up the Girl in 98. Um, there's multiple hits on that. We'll try, let's try to go through them each quickly so we can, you know, it doesn't have to be rapid fire answers, but we'll, we'll keep them quick. But, um, yeah. Iris was so big. Um, how, how, how big was it mostly you think because of the movie city of angels, the soundtrack? Like, I know I'm a movie buff too. And that's sort of like a quasi remake of the Vim Benders, that German movie, uh, wings of desire. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But anyway, everyone here knows Meg Ryan and Nicholas Cage and city mm-hmm. angels, but, uh, how, how big, you know, do you think the movie is what really, really propelled it? Or is it what I said? The banana dance. <laughs> well, we, we recorded that song. Um, we went in and recorded it uh, for the movie. John had played a demo of it for uh, the uh, music director and just him playing acoustic and singing. And he liked it. Or actually, he, he actually went into his office and played it for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he liked it. So we went in with Rob Cavallo, the producer, who did uh, a couple songs on um, uh, Boy Named Goo 2. And uh, we went in and recorded that version with a guy named Alan Sides, an engineer named Alan Sides, who had done like a lot of the classic like Disney stuff and like stringer string uh uh engineer. Okay. Um yeah and uh you know so we finished it and you know I can remember John and I just looking at each other going well this is you know we're, we're like we like a door just firmly slammed behind us you know <laughs> with, with this song you know like we felt it you know it was like there was a shift in the band at that moment you know and we turned it into the movie and they rejected it what <laughs> and, yeah yeah they rejected it and so john went in the studio and just recorded himself on acoustic guitar singing the song so that's what's in the movie oh. it's him singing acoustic it's just him on acoustic guitar singing the song but Wait, they agree. But it's so, so it's still, you know, and I don't want the world, but you don't hear the big percussion, you know, exactly. the epic it's background. Just, exactly. It's just him singing it quietly and on an acoustic. But they agreed to let us put the, the thank God, they, they, they agreed the to let version. us put the yeah. full version on the soundtrack, which kind of doesn't make sense because it wasn't in the movie. But, right. they, but, but they let us do it anyway. And, you know, it came out on the soundtrack. And the soundtrack had, Jesus, like... U2 and Alanis Morissette and Sarah McLaughlin and Peter Gabriel and and like I'm forgetting some of the big ones you know like there were just so many big acts on this record so we 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 were we were just like well at least we'll have a song on it you know and uh, you know our names will be next to all these people yeah but uh they put out a single I can't remember what it was the first single and it didn't do very well 
and they put out Iris and then Iris was, you know, at, at, at number one for like 26 weeks, man. Once it got up there, it's crazy, you know? So, and then, yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And we were able to record the Dizzy record. And, um, okay. as, we were rec- and as we were recording the Dizzy record, uh, I remember there was a television set on in the lounge at the studio that we were in in Los Angeles and the Stanley Cup finals were happening. And I forget who was playing, but somebody just won, whoever just won. And they were carrying a guy around with holding the Stanley Cup on their shoulders, skating around the ice. And Iris was playing in the background. Wow. And yeah. And we were like, whoa. We were like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Probably like, because wow. it's ho- it's hockey. It was probably because he was bleeding just to know he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love it. So, so we got to release Dizzy Up the Girl with a number one record on it already. Like already. before right out we even put it out. Yeah. Wow, man. that's so was, awesome. So it was really a great opportunity for us. Yeah. That's cool. Well, speaking of ice skating, uh, slide, slide. Um, <laughs> you know, tell me, I mean, that song's instantly recognizable from that opening riff. Um, but to me, of all your songs, like, yes, Iris is like the big one, ever, iconic. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I have some other personal favorites, but Slide is the one that's almost like you would sit around with a guitar with a bunch of people around a campfire or like around a college campus. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I love when it kicks in, put your arms around me. Yeah, that. But uh, yeah, I mean, t- tell me, I mean, do you agree? I mean, wh- why is it so singable? <laughs> college campus. I heard someone called college campus music Birkin Rock once I thought, <laughs> no, <Birkin Rock. laughs> I thought that was pretty cool like berkeley uh, i guess birkin rock yeah no, 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 no like birkenstocks like oh birkenstock okay yeah. i like it <laughs> anyway anyway um, that would be this song but yeah any memories of recording <laughs> yeah yeah you know um yeah uh yeah that song uh we once again we had done some demos uh rob cavallo at the time uh we had been signed on after he did iris he had been signed on to do the entire dizzy record so we um so we he sort of like joined the group as a fourth member during that time. So he was actually uh, playing guitar with us during that time. So when I hear that song, that's what I think of is sort of sitting around in the rehearsal room, like kind of playing with him on guitar. John will play acoustic, he would play electric. And now it's one of those songs that just come early in the set because like, you know, everybody knows that song. Like, no matter what, everybody knows that song. Like, you can play a few songs. There's a chance that there's people in the room that don't know them. You know, right. even if they're kind of big songs, there's a right. chance. You know, right. Slide, they're going to know that song. You know, so that's when, that's when, like, 
everything falls into place during the show. It. Play yeah. that early because you know they're going to yeah. sing it back to you. On yeah, stage, just brrr, falls right into it. place. It's well, nice. I'm going to bring bring the mood down just a tad because Dizzy Up, all, the girl, also had a uh, black balloon. And that is, mm. I mean, it's a be- It's tragic, but it's beautiful. I mean, about like a heroin uh, addiction overdose. I mean, the black balloon around the arm, I guess. Um, but the lines like Angels Fall Without You There or the one that really tearjerker is like, um, I'll go on as you get colder, like in the ground, I, I assume. I mean, man, uh, just tell me about just how do you make something so tragic so, you know, beautiful? Uh, well, I mean, obviously John wrote that song, you know, so, 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 you know, that's, yeah. I guess he's kind of more qualified to answer that, you know, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I think, uh I think when you have subjects like that, you know, and, and, and you're able to, to reach them in, in a, in a beautiful way that, that, that allows people to experience what you're saying and, and, and still feel that warmth of a good song. Like, I think it serves a double purpose, you know, and, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. He knocked it out of the park with that one. That's for sure like it's heavy but it's cathartic in a way um, yeah absolutely real quick i have to ask you about broadway also off that album you know broadway is dark tonight uh tell me i find it interesting um it, i guess it sort of had its own meaning back then when you made it but like i was able to even bring that song back and play it during the pandemic on our radio station um when you know all the theaters were closing and i mean mm-hmm. broadway was really hit hard but live live events in general as you know as a musician but um, Broadway, especially. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, just talk about what you were going for back then. Uh, you know, the old man at the bar kind of stuff. But also yeah. now, like waiting for his turn to die. Like it, you couldn't have never guessed it would take on a new. Yeah. Movie. Well, Broadway is a, a, a neighborhood in Buffalo that John grew up in. And uh, so uh-huh. the, so so that song's uh, the that neighborhood went very much like uh, it became very impoverished, you know, uh, uh, over the over the years so that song's just sort of addressing kind of what happened in in you know the, to uh those neighborhoods in buffalo and 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 to the people who were in those neighborhoods at the time yeah so not about the broadway broadway no but, but it's no, universal no, no. it stands in for a lot of small towns around. but 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 you know that's the beautiful thing about music in general you know is that you know you can write about things. I say this about our chaos record a lot, the record we made during the pandemic. Like you you write about things that happen to you and you know things, you know, uh, uh, people's journeys aren't always that much different, you know. I mean, they certainly have different nuance, but you know, there's only a few emotions, you know, and you 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 know, you apply those emotions to your scenarios, you know. I think during the pandemic I feel like everyone's lanes were very narrowed, you know, like, like when you talked about something, the stuff you were talking about were things that people were living, like most people were living through, you know, and it was such a rare time, you know, I I think it's going to be amazing 15 years, 20 years from now to look back at sort of what that did to our culture, you know, because it seems, it seems uh, like, I don't think we've processed it yet. You know, because those few years off were definitely pretty intense, man. 
Oh, it absolutely is. Um, yeah. and, and you've been generous with your time. So I know we got to let you run. And there's just so many more that, that, you know, we didn't even get to. But folks, come out to Merriweather. You'll hear, you know, here is gone. And uh, yeah, man, let love in in better days. And the, yeah. the great Super Tramp cover. Give a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll hear all of them. Plus all the other records. Uh, they'll be there. They'll be there, man. <laughs> Do you think, I, I guess these final seconds, let's let's sort of end the, in here then like, um, you mentioned, you know, being able to look back 20 years on sort of how you highlighted some of these tragic moments. But do you also think some songs like, you know, Let Love In or, or Better Days? I mean, this sort of came out of nine, you know, in the years after 9-11 and stuff like that. But yeah, tragic. but like, I don't know. Do you think your music has you have some uplifting stuff of hope for well, I like, think, the end I of think tunnel, you know, I think it's all I think it's all uplifting, quite yeah. honestly, yeah. like like like, you know, not necessarily in the same way all the time. But, you know, I think the idea even when you speak about things, you know, you mentioned, you know, things being cathartic before, like, like, like that's an uplifting concept in general, you yeah. know, you know, yeah. to be able to let off some of that steam, like, you know, you know, let go of some of that emotion. Like that's the, you know, that's, yeah, that's good stuff, man. You know? And um, yeah, you know, I mean, and I think like quite honestly, like with the song, like slide, it's like, you know, slides a poppy little, you know, it's a little toe tapper, but you know, like listen to the words, you know, and you know, he's touching on some pretty heavy stuff in that song, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and so, you know, I think there's room for all that, you know, and if you're, if you're a band that's, you know, trying to do a, a, a wide variety of things, you know, then you're going to visit all those, those, uh, those neighborhoods, I think. I agree entirely. And if you can't tell by my, you know, rock hall earlier, I, the, the esteem that I hold you all in. I mean, I think that I think Goo Goo Dolls is is right up there. Come on, guys. You just inducted the foos. Now I put in the goos. Let's go. A little <laughs> hey, come on. hey, there you go. There's the plan. That, 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 that should be our campaign. You know, mm -hmm. the food, the fugu campaign. <laughs> hey, thank you. so Thank you so much, Robbie. I really, really appreciate it. Again, right, Goo Goo Dolls coming to Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland, August 4th. Get your tickets. Hey, All thanks, right, brother. Man. Thanks so much. See you later. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.